So what is the name of tonight? Anybody know? Yom I hear Yom Teruah. Rosh Hashanah. Feast of Trumpets. Which one is it? All the above, yeah. So tonight starts the civil new year. Um, we call it Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. But also tonight in the, the Torah explicitly calls tonight the day of the Ruah. The day of the Ruah. What is a Ruah? It is a loud shout. It's a shofar sound. It really doesn't even say the day of blowing shofars. We just assume that the best way to accomplish the, the hearing of a Ruah, an alarm, a loud noise, is to blow a shofar. You can't really blow a shofar quietly. So that's the best way to accomplish that. But where does this all start? Well, it starts in Leviticus chapter 23 and in verse 24. Leviticus 23 is all about these things called the Moadim. And the Moadim are appointments in time that we have been given by the Creator where we're to gather. Just like um, if, you have a, if you have a dentist appointment tomorrow uh, at, at 9.30, the dentist will be there and you will be there. It's an understanding that I will meet you there. And that this is one of the Moadim, one of the appointed times on the calendar where the Creator, where God says, I will be there if you will be there. He's going to meet us here. And Leviticus 23 lists all these holy days out. There are seven of them in Leviticus 23. And then in Leviticus 24, a lot of people forget that there's no chapter in verse markings in the Torah originally. But in Leviticus 24, verse 1, it actually hints towards the eighth one. The eighth one is Hanukkah. But that's for another night. Leviticus 23, verse 24. Let me read it. Can I read it in the original language? And then we'll translate it in English. Daber el b'nei Yisrael lemor bechodesh Hashvi'i. It says, say to the children of Israel, tell them that in the seventh month, be'echad lechodesh, in, this, in the, the first day of that month, yihayeh lechem shabbaton, you shall have for yourselves a Sabbath. Zikron teruah, a memorial of the trumpets, is how that's supposed to be translated. A memorial of the trumpets. Zikron, zikron teruah, and the mikra kodesh, a mikra kodesh is probably translated in your Bibles as a holy convocation. But what is a convocation? A convocation is a meeting of people, but it's so much more than that. It's actually a rehearsal of something that is to come. Okay? So here, what we have in Leviticus 23 so far, we're supposed to gather together with people, right? We're supposed to experience a Sabbath, like a restful day. Then we're supposed to have a remembering of the trumpets. What? What trumpets are we supposed to remember? Why? So if I, if I told you guys, hey, everybody, listen, set your alarms for 4.15 a.m. the first Tuesday of every month. If I told you guys that in this room, let's say, let's say I'm like the Pope or something like that, and I told the entire Catholic world, do this, what would the entire Catholic world respond with? Why? Why? Yeah. Why? If I told you guys, you would ask why, hopefully. Why? So here we have an alarm clock set for the first day of the seventh month. But why? We're not given a why. We're supposed to remember the teruah. We're supposed to remember the trumpets. But why? What are the trumpets? Well, hinted, this night hints at the fact that this is the anniversary of the creation of Adam, the creation of humanity. The very first human was created on this day 5,782 years ago. 
Now, with the creation of man comes this concept in our existence that's relative to light. What is that concept that came about that's, that we can only experience as humans? Without humanity, there would be no concept of it. It's called time. Time is relative to light. All right? So with the creation of humanity came the creation of time. And now we start recording time as humans. And so since the creation of Adam to now, you go back and count the geological, or genealogical record, we're at 5,782 years, starting at sundown tonight. And you're like, okay, well, how do we know that? How do we know that? Where is this, where is this, this trumpets? And how does the trumpets align with the creation of, of humanity? Well, if you look at Job 38, we get a glimpse into this ruah, this teruah at the creation. You remember Job has, he's having a hard time, right? He's lost everything. Job was very wealthy in those standards. He loses everything and he starts to ask why, right? And then in verse, in chapter 38, God says, who is this darkening my plans with his arrogant words? Stand up like a man and brace yourself. I will ask questions and you, Job, will give the answers. Where were you when I founded the earth? Tell me, if you know so much, do you know who determined its dimensions, who stretched the measuring line across it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstones? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God gave a teruah. Wow. So in other words, when God set forth the creative process of the universe, the sons of God, the angelic beings, gave a shout of praise. They gave a teruah, an alarm. So picture all these angels singing, something is about to happen. The creative process is beginning. So with the creation of man comes, like I said, the concept of time. And men have been counting time ever since then, right? And it's all relative to light. So with the cycle of biblical time that we see develop in the biblical narrative, through the people of Israel is we have Passover. It's time, right? It's a place marker in time that says, this is when we were redeemed. This is when we were bought with the price, right? We were brought out of slavery. We were brought out of one household into another household, right? Passover. What comes next? Shavuot, Pentecost, right? We were brought to the base of a mountain. Then our Redeemer betrothed himself to his people. And he said, I will be your God. I will be like a husband to you. Here, I will put you under a marriage canopy. I will give you the terms of the covenant, the ketubah, the writing of the marital contracts, right? If you keep this, I will be your husband and you will be my bridegroom, right? And the Shabbat is like the wedding ring that I want you to wear. It's the sign of the covenant, right? So we have... Redemption, we have betrothal, and then what comes next on our calendar? So think about right now in modern times as the biblical narrative has developed, what comes next? Think about Shavuot, what comes at what's the holy day that comes after Shavuot? It's a sad one. It's Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av. It's the destruction of the house, isn't it? So the bridegroom goes to prepare a house for us. He says here, I will even, how you can create a physical place 
in space and time where I will dwell with you. You will be my people and I will, my presence will be made manifest. And then the next event we see on the calendar, the biblical calendar, is the destruction of that house. So we've got redemption, we've got betrothal, and then we've got the destruction of the house. You see, ninth of Av is the destruction of the house prepared for the bride by the bridegroom. It's so much bigger than just the destruction of the temple. The bridegroom is saying, guys, you were not faithful. It's broken my heart. There is baseless hatred. There is rampant idolatry. There is this stuff called sin. And my presence cannot be in your midst anymore. The house has to go. So when Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av comes, we mourn the loss of the house that the bridegroom has established for us. What comes next on the calendar, though, in this time? So we've got redemption at Passover. We've got betrothal at Shavuot, so Pentecost. We've got the destruction of the house built by the bridegroom. But what comes next? Fourth of July. <laughs> <laughs> I got a smart aleck in our midst. <laughs> Today. Today comes next. Rosh Hashanah. Yom Teruah. The Feast of Trumpets comes next. Now, what we're doing tonight is so much bigger than just blowing some shofars and you know, rehearsing this, just remembering this, it's what we're doing is we're saying the same thing, we're doing the same thing the angelic beings did at the creation of the universe. Do you catch that? What did they do? Remember it said, when the morning star sang at the creation and all the sons of God gave a teruah. So we're, we're asking for reconciliation from our bridegroom tonight. Think about that. We're saying, I think we're ready for the house to be rebuilt. Yes. We're, we're, we think we're ready for your presence to come back. We think we're ready. We think we've been recreated enough that we deserve the bridegroom's return. But what must happen before the return? What must happen before the reconciliation of the bridegroom to the bride? Repentance. Forgiveness, purification. And then we get reconciliation from our bridegroom. But then and only then. So if we go in tonight thinking, come on, bridegroom, we're ready for you. Come on, dwell with us. But we are not the pure bride that he's expecting. Guess what? It's not going to happen. Just like Adam was created sinless, so too the second Adam, Yeshua, will return sinless, looking for a pure bride. It says in Matthew 24 that he will send out his angels with a loud teruah, a trumpet call, and that he will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. And we know in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. So that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Yeshua died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Yeshua those who have fallen asleep with him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. 
For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet, the teruah of God. And then the dead in Messiah will rise. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together. Remember, he says we will be changed like in the twinkling of an eye. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Paul says in Romans 8, for the creation. Remember, this is the anniversary of the creation. The creation waits with an eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility. That's that time stuff, right? Not of its own will, but the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. What is it groaning for? To be recreated, right? But we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for the adoption and the redemption of our bodies. You see, since the fall of man, time has been against us. Time is evil when you think about it. It does evil things, doesn't it? I mean, just last time I looked in the mirror, it's like, man, I got some extra wrinkles. <laughs> I mean, physically, time decays things, right? It breaks a second law of thermodynamics. Things wear out. They get, they get old. They don't work like they used to, right? You can't, you can't run that same time that you used to be able to run. You can't work that same amount without feeling it the next day. Time is evil, right? It's working against us. But by gathering tonight, what we're saying and what we're proclaiming tonight is that we are a people who are setting apart a piece of time and we're groaning and making a teruah for the coming bridegroom, saying we're ready we're submitting to the idea tonight that we need repair, right? Just like when I have a lawnmower or something like that and it's beyond my ability to fix it, what do I do? I take it to the manufacturer. This is beyond, this is beyond my skill level at this point, right? I need your intervention. Tonight when we sound the teruah, we're saying we need your intervention. We're ready for the bridegroom. So by sounding the shofars tonight, we're saying, look, we long for your return. We long for your recreation and renewal. We long for your house and for your presence. Here we are. We're waiting. We have our affairs in order and we're ready for the resurrection of the dead. So the question tonight is, before we get into this, are you ready? Are we repentant? Or are we just papering over conflict between our brothers and sisters? Are we concealing sin in our own lives? I don't know about you, but I want to be found to be a people of humility and grace, self-control, forgiving one another in love, bearing each other's burdens and interceding for the hasty return of our Messiah and King. And then, as it says in Revelation, we will sing, let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. That's the, my prayer tonight for this night, for you all, and for myself. And I'm going to close with Ezekiel 36. I'm sorry, Ezekiel 37, verse 12. Therefore prophesy, 
And say to them that Adonai Elohim says, My people, I will open up the ground in your graves and make you get up out of your graves. And I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am Adonai when I have opened up your graves and made you get up out of them, my people. I will put my Ruach in you and you will be alive again. And then I will place in your own, put you in your own land. And then you will know that I am Adonai have spoken and that I have done it. That's my prayer tonight. Are we ready for that? Yes. Are we eager for that? Yes. But are we willing to do the work it takes to get there? You know, it's so easy to do this year after year after year. And it's like, it's like the, the favorite night of the year for the ill-timed shofar blower in the congregation, right? This is a moment he's been waiting for all year. But with the repetition of this night and all these holy days comes the risk of forgetting the deeper underlying principle of tonight and what we're doing. That we're preparing for the bridegroom. And we're telling the bridegroom, I think we're ready tonight. Come take us home. Build your house. Let's pray. And as we pray, search your heart. Repent, cry out for his mercy. Pray a very dangerous prayer. That is, reveal in me things that are displeasing to you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to speak your word and to teach your precepts to these people. May we be a congregation that is found worthy of your return. May we be found waiting and anticipating the coming of the bridegroom with our lamps trimmed and our oil ready. May we be found faithful doing the work. May tonight be a night where we declare we're ready for your return. Our affairs are in order. Forgiveness has been made. Reconciliation has been sought. You are king. I pray all this in the matchless and the beautiful name of Yeshua HaMelech, Yeshua the King. Amen. Amen. Well, this is it. We're going to hear a hundred shofar blasts tonight. If you have a shofar, here's how this will work. Um, I'm going to have everybody come up to the front row. And you're going to stand along the front here and face the screen. And I'm going to switch sides here in a second. I have an extra shofar if anybody wants to borrow mine. There's two extras over there. So you guys, come on up if you have a shofar. Yeah. We're going to hear a show, 100 shofar blasts tonight. Your ears will be ringing at the end of it. Guys and gals, too. Gals, yeah. Guys and gals. So let's say these blessings together. The first one is setting apart this shofar blast. This is not like any other shofar blast that we hear. This is the shofar blast that we're fulfilling the commandment. We're consciously fulfilling the commandment to hear the shofar blast on the first day of the seventh month. Let's say it in Hebrew together. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher kishanu b'mitzvotav, vetzivanu lehishmiot kol shofar. 
Blessed are you, ruler of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments, and who has, to take, has commanded us to hear this, the voice of the shofar. And we'll say the Shehechianu. Baruch atah Adonai. Eloheinu melech haolam. Shehechianu vayimanu vahegianu lezman hazeh. In English, we praise you, eternal God, king of the universe, for giving us life, for sustaining us, and for enabling us to reach this season. All right, so here are the sounds of the shofar. Let me explain them really quickly. The first one is the takiyah, and uh, that would be a long blast. The next one is the shevarim, and this will be three short calls. The next one would be the teruah. It's nine staccato notes, nine or more. And the last one will be takiyah gadola, the great takiyah. This is the last great trumpet right here. All right. Now we're going to do this three times through. And then on the third time and the final time, we'll hit the takiyah gadola. And I'll let you catch your breath before we go into that. And um, all right, you guys ready? I'm going to call these off one at a time. Let's get out of the way here. Very symmetrical. That's good. <laughs> all right. It's ready. Take a deep breath. Tekia Takia Shevarim Teruah Alright, this is our final, last great trumpet call, the Takia Gadola. And as, we, as they play the Takia Gadola, you're welcome to jump to your feet and give a loud shout, do your mom whistle, clap, scream, do whatever you want to do. Are you ready? Deep breath. Takia Gadola Amen. Hallelujah. Ah, good job.